The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio with your host, Ann Gelsheimer. We are entering higher levels of consciousness with both old and new spiritual technologies to help us be the people we've always dreamed of being. We can make the choice to evolve in consciousness and become the change the world needs today. Now, here is Ann Gelsheimer. Hello, this is your host, Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio. Our program today profiles the pioneering work of two wonderful women, Dr. Marilyn Gavicki and Diane Saunders. Marilyn and Diane co-lead one of the largest CE5, uh, what that stands for is Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, uh, a particular type of group work that they're doing in the world where consistent contact and communication are taking place regularly with extraterrestrial civilizations. This CE5 contact group meets monthly in upstate New York, where members come from all over the northeast eastern part of the United States. Dr. Marilyn Gavicki is a psychologist with a private practice specializing in psychospiritual approaches to healing and wellness. In addition, she is the director of the Sanctuary for Evolutionary Vision, where she leads retreats on consciousness, the path of the heart, ET contact, and planetary transformation. Marilyn received the Ambassador to the Universe training from Dr. Stephen Greer and has attended several of his field expeditions in both the United States and England. Marilyn is currently completing her soon-to-be-released book, The Oneness of Being, Birthing the New Human. And Diane, Diane Saunders works as a clinical social worker in private practice working with individuals and couples via, via psycho-spiritual modalities. She also teaches Hatha Yoga and leads spiritual workshops for self-development. Diane and Marilyn not only lead the CE5 Northeast Contact Group on a monthly basis, but they also travel to various libraries as part of an educational program to inform the public about the presence of extraterrestrial life and the disclosure movement. Diane also became involved in this work about eight years ago after attending her first expedition with Dr. Stephen Greer. So I'm so thrilled to welcome both of you, Marilyn and Diane. Thank you so much for being here with us. Well, it's a great honor being here with you, Anne. So excited about it. Yeah, so, it's wonderful, Anne. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Diane. So we're going to start. I know Marilyn has a wonderful uh, story, an amazing story about cell phone and ET contact. But maybe we could uh, start with uh, a little bit about how how did you first have your uh, first contact experience or first observation of a UFO, Marilyn? Well, I'll tell you, it was actually when I was around 10 years old. I was in the horse pasture with my father in the fields of Nebraska, and we looked up, and about a 1,000 feet in the air, we saw a silver cigar-shaped UFO, 
And my father was an attorney, so on the one hand, he was very left brain. But on this occasion, he looked up, he looked back down at me, and he said, you really have to understand that that's a UFO, and they really exist. And then he winked at me, and he said, but we don't have to tell Mommy this, do we? And he was such a clever man. But my father really first introduced me to the truth of UFOs, and um, I've always been interested. And... In 2008, I believe it was, I had the privilege of going to the Science and Consciousness Conference in Santa Fe and heard Dr. Greer talk, and I was incredibly impressed by him and got his books, proceeded to come home, and I was reading one of his books in the dentist chair um, months later, and I was right at the part where he talked about the protocol for contact, and I was reading it as my mouth was numbing, and all of a sudden I heard this incredible music in the loudspeaker system at the dentist's office, and it was it, it was so beautiful and space-like, and believe it or not, the, the head dentist came running through the office shouting out, where is that music coming from? It sounds like a spaceship is landing. And the wow. technician who was with me said, oh, my God, I've never heard that music come through our speakers. And I said, oh, I thought it was your music. And she goes, oh, my gosh, that's not ours. And we kept hearing it, and it was absolutely beautiful and very etheric. And finally she said, would you look at your cell phone in your purse? I have a funny feeling. So I looked at my cell phone, and sure enough, the music was emanating from my cell phone, somehow being projected onto the entire speaker system of the office. I looked at the picture. It was a round, silver, spaceship-looking object with hieroglyphics of unknown origin coming down in two columns. And this went on for five minutes. That is amazing. It is. And so I left the office, and I was sharing this story with Diane. And she thought it was pretty incredible. And so then, a couple of weeks later, we were actually out with her children at Friendly's having ice cream because it was her birthday, and it happened again. And now we had more witnesses. They saw the picture, the music came on, and and on the column on the side, now it said birth. So we were really kind of freaked out. I went to Verizon. I said, look, this thing came in, and they said, ma'am, this is impossible. That It couldn't happen, and they kind of dismissed it. Well, it happened to make a long story short, two more times in our private practice office. And at that point, I went back to Verizon. I found another technician. He looked through. I had the date and the time in the exact amount of minutes every single time this happened. He looked at the record, and he said, we have a way to look at every data piece coming in or going out. There is nothing coming in. There is nothing going out. Nothing has been downloaded on your phone. Technically, what you're talking about is impossible at this time. This was back in 2008. And he said there is no explanation for it. I looked at Diane and I said, all right, do we need any better invitation to go right. on expedition with Dr. Greer? And that's how we started going on expeditions. Oh, how amazing. What a wonderful welcome and, and prompt to go. 
Exactly. <laughs> you know what's interesting, Anne? The minute we decided to go, the phone call stopped. Okay. Well, the, the point had been delivered, yes. <laughs> the point had been delivered, right. And we heeded the point, and we started going to Dr. Greer's expeditions and went to seven of them, and just our lives changed because of the, the very first night uh, on our very first expedition in North Carolina. I mean, we had a spacecraft come right into the ocean and then right in front of us, and then all these lights came up on the beach. And Dr. Greer walked into the lights and pretty much disappeared. And then, I mean, had an incredible heartfelt experience. So our very first night was quite incredible. <laughs> Marilyn, was that, was that uh, videotaped? Because I've seen something very yes. similar to that. Yes, that was yep. actually videotaped. That's out on um, YouTube, I believe. You can pick that one up. But yes, that was videotaped. That, that was course. amazing. Yes, that will, and it never comes across when you're actually there in person, because what isn't on the tape are the uh, hundreds of crafts that were in a flotilla to the north and west, and and they were all along the horizon. And, and Dr. Greer said they were making room so that the military wouldn't come in and attack this craft. And there were hundreds; you could see them just blinking in and out over the horizon. Amazing. And, and that was your that was your first uh, time in the field with him. That was the first expedition and the first night. <laughs> okay, I guess that's why they really wanted you there. <laughs> yeah. So maybe would you like to share a little bit more about other expeditions? I know people would love to hear. They they may not have been able to be on an expedition with Dr. Stephen Greer. I've I've also I've been on about five now, and oh, I know yeah. they are. They are remarkable. Are there any other particular experiences you'd like to share? Well, oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, one time, at actually, was it Marco Beach? What was the name of that beach in Florida? Marco Island. Mar- Marco Island, yes. And we were down there just, uh, I think, in 2011. And um, there, for three hours, we saw... The most amazing, there were crafts that were descending in these blinks of light in this mango um, line of trees across the bay. And they were coming in, and they flickered in and out for three hours. I mean, that was probably the longest time we had contact, at least on expeditions, that I was in. And you could see them through the binoculars, and you could see forms of very, very tall extraterrestrials come onto the beach. Not quite fully manifested in the three dimension, but but you could definitely see the outlines of the forms coming on the beach. And this went on for three hours. And during a meditation, we were all standing, and I felt two hands lift my elbows, and I went up off the ground and just was suspended for a little bit. So I think that was probably really wow. Yeah, and you know what? And the next night we went back to the same beach, and a a military helicopter with the strangest gadget sticking out of it came right over us, flashing a light of a strobe I've never seen right on top of the beach and in the area where those crafts were, and we never saw another thing that night. Right, right. 
I've seen that kind of thing too on the expeditions where sometimes after the most amazing manifestation in the sky or in our vicinity of a craft, uh, immediately sorties of military flights, usually two planes coming in, uh, flying over and, and it does tend to discourage any further activity for a little while. Well, it really does. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I'd have to say, um, and one of my favorite expeditions was we went to England and we got to do contact work in the crop circles. Oh, wonderful. And yeah, that was just, we, some of the contact was spectacular, but I'd have to say it was more the vibrations and the, the high energy doing the contact work in the crop circles that was quite mind-blowing. It was a lot for the human body, for my little body to to contain and to feel. And um, we had several experiences during the day <clears throat> where one of um, Stephen's photographers, Stephen would just sense where a craft was, and then his photographer would take a picture of it without even really seeing it. And then sure right. enough, we would come to find that it was a fully manifested craft that visually with our eyes we couldn't see, but it did show up in the photographic spectrum. And I just, I really loved that trip to England. It was quite spectacular, and I'm very grateful that I got to go and just be a part of that to actually meditate and sit with a group of people right in the crop circles. I love that. I, I'm so, I'm so jealous. I, I want to go to the crop circles because I know the the energy of that place. I mean, it, it stays with you forever. It's once it's in your body. That's that's very exciting. Yes, it does. It's un, it definitely it's unforgettable. Now, so you've had these wonderful uh, encounters, uh, which I know many people wish they could have and, and perhaps haven't been able to attend a, a formal ambassador training. But then you went home and you've made this, you made this available to many, many people by starting your contact group. Could you tell us about that? Yes. Well, Dr. Greer, one of the things he said is, you know, I want to train you as ambassadors to go back home, and this can't just be the work I do in the field. This is what Dr. Greer was saying, and he encouraged all of us to go back home and establish our own groups. So we immediately did because these experiences were unforgettable, and we thought to ourselves, well, without Dr. Greer, can we really do this work ourselves? Well, were we surprised? So we started out very with a very small group here, and... um Contact just started happening. I mean, so much so that we've had contact directly over our house. And two minutes later, and we live in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the mountains, the foothills of the Berkshires. And so there's no military base and near us. And yet we'd have this amazing contact, fully materialized craft, go right over our house, maybe a thousand feet up. And five minutes later, we'd have two military helicopters, totally black, zoom over the house, like maybe 300 feet up. So we were really starting to have amazing contact. And as as we have gone over the years, our group has expanded to around 50 people, if not more now. And um, they come from – what's so great about this group is we have people – 18 years to 80, and so it's the whole age range, and we have all kinds of walks of life, farmers, doctors, lawyers, firemen, policemen, 
uh, nurses. I mean, just all people of, of all kinds of work come to this group. And we have formed an amazingly great, cohesive community. And the more we have formed this community, and people also, let me say this, it's so, this work is so important once people start doing contact work and have their first experiences with real contact in the field. People drive here from Boston, New York City, Rochester, Syracuse. I mean, we're talking four hours away. They'll drive up. They're so dedicated for an evening and then drive home. And this is the kind of dedication. And I think most people, once you start having these contact experiences, they're life changing. And so we've had We've learned so much about field work, and pretty much now this is what we do once a month in terms of our contact work. We do it in our local group. Now we're gonna we're gonna take a short commercial break, but uh, we're gonna come back, and I, I would like to hear a lot more about the kinds of experiences you're having, because for a lot of people they think about lights in the sky, but there's all kinds of experiences, all kinds of ways that the ETs interface with us. So when we're when we come back, we'll talk more about that. Awesome. So this great. So this is Ann Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Again, that's ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Hi, this is Ann Gelsheimer. You're listening to Conscious Evolution Radio. And today we are talking about contact groups, uh, making contact with extraterrestrials with Dr. Marilyn Gavicki and Diane Saunders. So we were just talking about the, the monthly meetings that you have. And I really want to go into that to talk about what kind of protocols you're using, what kinds of experiences. So let me just open it up and, and you tell me what's happening. Well, the one thing that we do um, here in our local group, we've really, really realized the importance of establishing a cohesive community. And so when we do this, we, we in fact, had a very intensive workshop last June with people from all over the United States interested in contact, especially in establishing a cohesive community of heart-centered consciousness. And so... What we're really trying to do is have a human community first that has unconditional regard, stays out of the ego, love is its main purpose, and when we do this and create this cohesiveness through the heart, it really expands the consciousness field that's available for ET contact. I always liken it to we use lasers in the field. And they shoot 200 miles up in the sky. Right. But I always say that our community consciousness becomes like a laser in the invisible realm. And I really think as we've increased our community cohesiveness, we've increased our contact experiences. And so that, that's been a real important piece of our protocol. I love that. And it makes intuitive sense. I mean, one, you're you're making it safe for them to approach, uh, but also it's shifting our consciousness up, you know, to meet them where, because these beings are highly, highly advanced. Exactly. And they're highly advanced. And you know what I really think? I think they're teaching us to meet them more where they are, because I think it's, first of all, hard for them to meet us where we are. We're pretty dense down here. But what we're really learning and doing, contact, and you said it before when you said it's not just about the craft in the sky, we're learning to expand our own consciousness field to meet them more where they are. And in that, as a human race, of course, we'll evolve. And I think that's the purpose of the whole contact to begin with. And so developing a community that sort of, I hope, will be a prototype for how we can be on our entire planet as a global population in terms of living with love and peace and harmony and unconditional regard. And so we spend time on on that kind of cohesive factor in our own community. And I love it and People who come are absolutely loving beings. <laughs> I have to just say, and it's so true, and we've been doing this for years with a lot of the same people, and the experience of sitting in the dark together, meditating and doing some toning and sometimes holding hands, and we slowly have discovered you know, details about people's lives, but we don't even really know each other on that social level. And what I love about the group is we know each other on this heartfelt, expanded consciousness level. And we all come together, not just to make contact per se, but to expand our consciousness. And in that expansion, of course, we love to connect with our ET brothers and sisters and have that experience. But it's so amazing, the motivation. Everyone inspires me every time they come and drive from so far. And in the winter, we sit in the dark inside. And so 
we experience the ET beings not so much in the sky, but you learn, and what I've learned over time is how to sense the presence of these beings around us through sometimes um, through touch, just through body sensations, through our inner sight. And sometimes I find those groups the most powerful because I go deeper inside. Because when I'm outside, I'm like a little kid. I just really want to see in the sky what's Right, happening. the lights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. But um, it, it's just amazing to have this experience with everyone. It's not like anything else, you know, in our daily lives. I really feel like the lights are, the lights in the sky are like the doorway in. It's for the, the person who's new to this, it's validation that there really is something going on, but it's really only the, you know, one step in through the doorway. There's so much more to experience and I love what you're talking about. It makes so much sense to me. Can you tell a few experiences you've had inside? Because I know some, sometimes people think if you're not outside and you're not seeing lights in the sky, you know, what, what kinds of experiences are you having of the ETs in particular? But I know you've had some powerful ones. Well, let me just say this first. This is Marilyn again. Um, that we've had, I, I think you're right, Anne. I think the lights in the sky are a way to turn the lights within on. And once the lights within on, I mean, our group, many people look forward to the winter months because we go inside. We can't sit outside. It's way too cold. And we spend time doing meditation protocols, expanding our consciousness, bringing our cohesive level up as a community. And then sometimes what happens in the room or we begin to see we've had all kinds of strange anomaly. One time in the middle of the winter, we had huge bursts of light outside the window of the studio that we do this in. Huge bursts of light, colored light, blue light, yeah. come outside the window, and then the power in the whole house went off, and right. then a little bit later, it came back on. And so a lot of times, there's electric anomalies that, that go on, and that night was pretty stupendous. We've had the floor begin to vibrate where you literally feel like there's an earthquake. I mean, the floor is vibrating. We've had a lot of lights come in the room. One of our members took pictures, um, and in the pictures you see lights coming in the room. We have a photographer now who starts just taking pictures when she feels something. We saw, we have one of her pictures where a blue being, totally with arms and legs and a torso, everything, was seen going into the altar. A small, small blue being showed up in the picture. Um, a lot of us now have developed the ability to see energy fluxes and orbs that come in the room. We can see them with our, with our eyes. And um, often we see, and many people feel this, um, ET's coming through the kind of roof. We feel like there's a spaceship over the house. I know this sounds like science fiction, but <laughs> the, the ET's come into the room, and we can see their forms. Right, well, right. But, well, they're not um, totally manifest in the 3D, and, and it's great because when you're in a group versus by yourself, you get confirmation of, of what you see, and many people see the same things. And we see groups of ETs surrounding our circle. That has been the most powerful thing I know on the trainings with Dr. Greer when, you know, we're in meditation, you know, we're all having our sort of 
it's not a private experience, but it's an individual experience. But then as we start to share afterwards and find out like three, four, five people in the group are saying this, seeing the same very specific thing, right down to colors and details, it's quite amazing. It is amazing. Even the messages, sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll each get a message or I think in our last group, I remember during one of my meditations, I, I felt like um, I saw an ET being right next to me. Now my eyes were closed, but I felt this being reach, reach to touch my arm. And then I think someone else in the group had experienced a similar thing. So, you know, it, what it's really taught me is, is how to suspend my very rational, doubting mind. And it's been a real process of growth. I mean, I have to say that um, there were times in the beginning when Marilyn would say, I feel like we're all in a craft. And I would look around and go, I don't, I don't see any craft. I don't know what she means. And I have to say that, you know, I've grown so much since then, and everybody has, because now I, I fully have learned to, to sense and identify, oh, yes, this is the feeling when we have really left this reality and something is distinctly different in the room now. And everything you see with your eyes isn't necessarily what you need, need to pay attention to. There's, there's inner sight that, you know, Stephen talks a lot about, and, and in our group we've all developed a lot more of, and we're all still excited about growing in our capacity to see more in that way. Well, and, you, you know, know, one of the distinct I've... things that you're, that, yes, Diane, we, we've had all this is that distinct heart-centered um, intense vibrational feeling when an ET craft is about to come when we're outside or when we're inside and all of a sudden something's about to happen. You get this enormous, and it, it's a love sensation in the heart, and it's very distinguishable now. That's exactly how I know when they're there. I, I can remember we, we were in Joshua Tree. Um, uh, I was assisting Steve this this uh, past summer and we were sitting on a stage in front of like I don't know how many hundreds of people it was for the mass contact event and I couldn't actually see where a lot of the crafts were coming in it was behind my head but I could feel the serenity I could feel this incredible sense of peace and I knew immediately they were there it just shifts the vibration of the whole experience yes and I think you know one of the things I really believe is is the and when we're in the field of doing this work, that the extraterrestrials are teaching us how to shift, how to see. I call it the sensory modalities of expanded consciousness, that we're learning to have new modalities to see this kind of other dimensional reality where the ETs, of course, live and how they travel through space and time as interdimensionally. And so that's part of our involvement as a human race is to be able to start doing this. And what better motivation than being in the field, you know, wanting to commune with our galactic neighbors. Yes, and I, I just have to say one, one night, um, we are rewarded sometimes with our physical eyes in many ways, but <laughs> one night we were sitting and it was very, very cloudy and the clouds started to clear and written, and I know this sounds crazy, but I will say it, written in one of the clouds was XOXO. And I'll never forget that because it, it felt like such a heartfelt communication. I think that kind of contact oh, when you really feel like there's a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> It was amazing. I, I was, I'll never forget that, um, that time when I saw that in the clouds. 
You know, and, and the two uh, things blend yep. because the, the ability to feel it inside, and the, and and sometimes when you see it, we've had this golden craft appear in full manifestation. It's a golden craft. It's only about a thousand to fifteen hundred feet. It travels very very slow over our house. We've seen it several times, and it glows in uh, like a star with rays of light coming out of it. Somebody had very powerful binoculars and could see a, a triangular craft itself inside wow. the the star-like rays. And the rays wow. came out, and everybody in the group just almost started crying. It was so incredibly beautiful and loving. That's the thing. It's not just like, met, uh, uh, you know, lights and metal in the sky. There's a, a presence. There's an, uh, uh, a vibration about it that is so profoundly touching. Yes, and it's helping us start to be in that field of vibration, which, you know, here on Earth, we need to kind of be in that field if we're going to ever make this globe a better place to live. I, I love this work, and I, I, I'm thinking about the people that drive so far away, from so far away to come be at this experience for the first time. And how would you describe, like, I know everybody's different, but has anybody had a bad experience? I, I mean, I can't imagine it, but I'm just going to ask that question anyways. You know, what's interesting, Anne, is doing this all for once a month for the last six years, I am not aware of one bad experience. And what's amazing is as people drive down and get out of their cars and we meet them for the first time, everybody says the heartfelt warmth they feel right away in the community is astounding. And we all say we've never been in a community like this. And and I think it's because we're learning to all sit in our hearts together. But I don't know of anybody that's had a bad experience. Most people have pretty extraordinary experiences. Wouldn't you well, say, Diane? Oh, absolutely. I mean, honestly, the only bad experiences that, that have happened when I've been on an expedition has nothing to do with ETs or the or the humans in our group. It has to do with the military humans who don't, right. or the reconnaissance people who don't want this work to happen. I mean, that's been the only frightening aspects of any of these expeditions when sometimes there's been presences that have not wanted us to be there, you know, the military. But That's everyone right. who's come, I mean, we, we do a lot of work in to, usually for newcomers, I'll talk to somebody on the phone, I'll get a sense of what they're looking for, and I'll, I'll try to um, explain to them what we do so that they know, you know, what our group is about. So we do have a screening process so people don't just walk in and, and have an experience where it wasn't at all what they were thinking they were going to have. So, um yeah, it's all very positive, I have to say. Well, that's been my observation in, in, in the times that I've worked with, uh, with the trainings with Dr. Greer, that people really have good experiences with the ETs. I've never seen in, in, in the five, and that's, that's like five weeks worth of, of trainings all over the United States, I've never seen or heard anyone say to me that they had a frightening experience. And I, I like to emphasize that because I know in popular UFO culture, there's, there is a lot of fear stories, but that is not my experience. It's been very magical and beautiful. And so, I think part of that is because both in Dr. Greer's groups and <clears throat> many other CE5 groups all over the world, you know, our emphasis is to be in this higher state with what I call the higher values of what we can hold as a human race, love, peace, harmony, all those things. And when you're in that state, that's what you attract. 
And so we attract that ET group that feels that, knows we're here, and they know we're here. (laughs) Yes, these are the ETs that that we're working on contacting, the, the higher consciousness beings. So we're going to take a brief uh, commercial break right now, and we're going to come back and talk more about how these kinds of profound experiences really are changing all of us. This is Ann Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we'll be right back. This is the 7th Wave Channel. On the Voice America Network. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Again, that's ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back. Uh, this is Conscious Evolution Radio, and we're talking about making contact with extraterrestrials. And Marilyn and Diane are our guides for this session. They've been leading an amazing group in the, in the northeastern part of the U.S. And let's talk some more about the kinds of experiences, perhaps in particular the, the way the animals in the woods where you are, the way they respond to the, uh, the presence of the ETs and, and your meditations. Well, I have to say, they're, they're, they, we always hear the animals. Often we hear the coyotes communing with us. But, but one night it was quite extraordinary. We had owls join us during the meditation, and they formed an entire circle around our group. And I've never heard this before living on this property. Occasionally you hear a hoot way back in the woods, but that's about it. From the owls, this night they were surrounding us, 
360. I don't know where they were located, but they felt like they were on the roof of the house and in the trees right behind us. And they were doing their normal hoot, but then they'd end with a sound I've never heard before, never heard since. It was the most extraordinary sound. And they were in unison. And um, it was, we just felt either that was really the ETs using the medium of an owl or the owls felt the vibration of our group and just came to join us. And we feel like the crickets come a lot and other animals we feel are in the forest. We can hear them. But that night the owls were amazing. And actually I asked Dr. Greer what that was about, and he said, you were in an aerodome, and in that dome, the sound was to create the sound that would reverberate through everybody. And <gasps> Yeah, it was just incredible. And we've never had it since, but it was, a, it was quite extraordinary. Well, just to have all the owls come in like that, and then, and as well as the unusual kinds of hooting that they were doing, but that is extraordinary. Yes, well, it's so cool because certainly they were giving testimony and validation to what was happening. And I know, you know, beyond the ETs coming in, whenever we have these trainings, uh, yes, we have the animals responding, whether it's dogs or coyotes or crickets. We've had all kinds, I know, depending on where we are in the U.S., coming in and, and playing along. But people also have profound other experiences. Sometimes they're actually, they, they feel uh, people that they've loved, who've died, who've passed on, who've come back to be part of that. Um, I, I've certainly experienced that where, you know, people that I've loved very much, I would suddenly see them there. It's almost like there was a gathering. It was a very momentous moment to do this kind of contact work. Well, you know, I think that the, the work we do in the field and you've done, and we all do when we do this contact, it's so expansive consciously that that expansion puts out a, a laser to so many different dimensions. So it doesn't surprise me that people have, who have left and are on the other side, they pick up that consciousness vibration, and they're curious, especially if they're connected to us in some way. And so, yes, we've had people also feel like ancestors are here. Yes, we've seen uh, Native American ancestors, depending on where we were in the States. Uh, they, they would come in almost like they were the guardians of the land, and they would come in and seemed very happy that we were doing this work. Because this isn't new, of course. You know, we know that the shamans all over the world have been able to do this work for thousands of years, been able to see and connect with ETs. It's just new to the Westerners. Exactly. <laughs> It's so true. It's almost like during our expeditions and during our group, we, we become like these mini shamans just for the night where we we actually believe that we can connect in this way. And, and you know, what I love about it so much is that it, it really shatters your reality. And where you used to think, okay, this is where the road stops, that you realize, oh, my God, this reality here is so limited. And there's so much more. And, and for, for a couple of hours, even if it's just for that night, everybody starts to believe in, in something beyond this dimension. And I think, you know, as our connection with the other dimension starts to open up, we, we are forever changed, even if we're not that conscious of it. But over time, you can really recognize the changes, not only in your exterior life, but, you know, inside your heart and inside your whole being. You just, you start to notice, oh, my God, I really have changed. And 
we're all totally capable of expanding our consciousness and growing in this way. So that's that's exactly where I want to go right now with the question is, if you wouldn't mind uh, talking about what has been the change for you, the transformation for you in doing this work for a number of years now? Well, I'll tell you for me, Anne, it's, it, and I echo what Diane just said, it's so true to be willing to, to realize that this reality, this 3D reality is one of many, 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 and I'm much more willing to sit in the unknown. In fact, the unknown is probably where I'm most interested in being rather than what we think we already know. And if you sit in the field after a while, you understand what that means, but it's also helped me understand the truth about expanded consciousness and non-local consciousness and that my person, Marilyn Gavicki, is housed in that consciousness. It, 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 it's not that Marilyn houses that consciousness, but rather my consciousness is connected and houses Marilyn, and that everything is connected to it, and that's how ETs travel and communicate with us, and that's who I really am. And I think it's also increased my ability to understand telepathy. I feel like I have much greater intuition with my fellow humans. And it actually has changed how I am with most significant people in my life in in terms of holding a more even, steady, patient, gentle, loving heart, and with strangers, too. And I understand this is my my mission, and, and hopefully all of our mission is to change who we are with each other so that we could head for a far more interesting earth to live on. But mostly the inside journey is far more important than the external world. And when we get that, when we can change our world from this place within, it will be pretty exciting. And a lot of people are already doing that. But I think that the outside contact, which was initially looking up at the sky, actually has changed mostly my inside world. It's so true. It's you know, it, it's learning how to hold these higher vibrations. It's learning how to constantly weave between this world and higher vibratory states of consciousness. And boy, it takes a lot of patience and you know, dealing with facing your fears and and being courageous and and not giving up in this consciousness journeying. It's um, it's not for the faint-hearted, and yet. I know that it has expanded myself and my life and my world in ways that I just want to keep going, and I'm, I'm so grateful that I met Stephen, and we were inspired by him to then go back and continue this work, and I look forward to what this coming year is going to bring in our group and on our planet. Well, I look forward to it too. I can't wait to join your group. I, I, I will be, you know, hopefully, as we said, with the weather, if it holds, I'll be driving down to New York from uh, my spot in Canada and just to, to meet these amazing people in your group and to experience what you're doing. I think that, that would be a real thrill and a real honor uh, to be part of that. Well, we welcome you here. And you know what I'd like to see, Anne, is a massive CE5 event. Some, somewhere in the United States where we gather all of our groups. You know, at Giant Rock, in, in right outside of Joshua Tree, in the 50s, they were doing extraterrestrial contact with spaceships landing fully manifested, and they had ten to 20,000 people 
gather for these events. And this was in the 50s. Right. So I think it would be wonderful to, to eventually have all our CE5 groups and anybody interested gather for a massive event, and I'd really like to see what might happen then. But my <laughs> hope is that as a whole community, we could actually meet all together and uh, not have a lot of drama, but actually have a lot of contact. <laughs> I love it. Oh, well, I would love to help with that. I, I'm a really great organizer, so uh, we, we'll put our heads together, and I, I can see that happening. I really can see that happening. It would not oh, be I that difficult. That. I am um, right with you. You know, the <laughs> thing I wanted to say about the, the changes is, and I laugh at this, but It's helped me actually learn to be really okay with discomfort and uncertainty. And you can't help the first time you go out have a lot of discomfort, some fear, and some uncertainty. But as I've learned to sit in that in a gentle way, that has helped me dissolve some of the obstacles that have blocked my way to a more evolved consciousness. And... I love the ET contact work for that reason, too. But, you know, I can't go in this interview without saying that the other thing that's changed, I know for both Diane and I, is our understanding of what our government has been up to in holding secret the truth of extraterrestrial contact. And there's people like Stephen Bassett and, of course, Stephen Greer and so many people who are paramount in the disclosure movement, and it's made us understand that we have to begin to, and your show is great because it is one of those vehicles for expanding people's awareness, not just about how to make contact, and that anybody can, by the way, but this this contact has been going on for over 50 years. The government knows it's been holding secrets. The saddest part about that is we have technology that has come from the extraterrestrials that could cure most diseases, that would make oil obsolete, and we have this technology that would level the playing field on planet Earth, bring us into more harmony, there'd never be poverty. And when you understand that this is is what's ahead of us if we take this path and let this come out of the closet. It's one of the last freaking closets we have. And that's so the closet of, of ET secrecy. And we have to begin to really step up with our disclosure motivation. I so agree. And, and to be honest, just for the three of us to be on the show talking about it, given our professions, it's not an mm. easy thing to do. Exactly. on the radio several times, and now I'll have new clients come in and shyly say, I Googled you, and the first thing that comes up is not your rating as a psychologist, but the fact that you do, you're into the ETs, and luckily <laughs> if you're there, it means it's okay, but it's, you know, it, it is coming out of the closet for all of us. And deciding that this is that important. I'm feeling the same way. It's important that we come forward and say, this is who we are, and this is our profession. We're intelligent people, highly educated people. You know, we we have a lot invested, and we're still willing to come and say, look, these are our experiences. This is authentic. Yes, and for all the people who have been working in this field for 30-plus years and for all of us stepping in at different times, you know, I applaud the moral courage that it takes to keep plodding along and to speak your truth. And everyone has just been so courageous. And that's one of the things that um, that Stephen taught me is to have moral courage. And 
that's that's what's changed a lot in my life as well. So I'm curious when you go into the public libraries and you do the education <laughs> that you're doing, how are people receiving this information? Well, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. We we went in with trepidation in the first few, um, but people are enormously receptive. Even people who don't know anything about it, they're there and they actually are curious enough to be there. And that some of the questions people ask are amazing, wonderful questions. Uh, we've not encountered anybody that would just thought it was crazy or ridiculous. People were really there and really wanted to know. And so that really excites us about continuing to do this. It's free. Anybody can come. And uh, it's getting better and better. That makes me amazing. I'm sorry? Oh, I was going to say, what's been so amazing uh, for me is that I thought when we started the talks, people would doubt the presence of extraterrestrial life, but actually... No one in our audience has ever doubted it. Instead, people are incredulous about the cover-up. They cannot believe that this is a secret that the government has known and has kept from the public. That's where, where I see people really getting stuck. But as far as we're not debating with anyone the presence of E.T. life, which to me is remarkable. So I love that, Diane, because it, it's, that's what people are really surprised at, and almost surprised to the extent they don't know if they can quite believe it, because they think the media exposes everything. Why wouldn't they expose this, not realizing that the media is controlled by all these companies that also control the government? And people think that sounds uh, conspiratorial, but it's just the truth. And when you start educating people about all the evidence we have that 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 is the truth, I can see them starting to open up. But I think that betrayal by our own government is a lot harder to grasp than it is that extraterrestrials are Convening with us. <laughs> so we're so I'm sorry, we're going to be wrapping up just a, about 30 seconds, but I want to thank you both so much for your work, for your courage, for coming on the show, for a wonderful interview, so entertaining, so interesting. And I can't wait to meet you both in person. So thank you, and I hope you'll be on again. Great, Anne. Love to. So this thank is Anne Gelsheimer so on Conscious Evolution Radio, and thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Conscious Evolution Radio. Please join Ann Gelsheimer for another great show next Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We hope to see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.